Normally for my sermons, I start with a Bible passage and then sort of move into the world and apply it. Today I want to do the opposite. Today I want to name what I think is one of the most damaging forces that I see in Western culture today. And then I want to sort of back into some scripture to to talk about it and deal with it. I think one of the things that's most damaging in, in particularly our culture today is stress. And I'm going to make a case for why I think it's so damaging and then turn to some biblical realities about it. This sermon is coming out of some research I'm doing for my doctor of ministry where I'm really looking at, at stress for pastors in particular. Um, but it's led me to read some really interesting things on stress. And recently, a great book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Best book on stress that I've seen. And uh, while it can get a little technical, it also has a pretty brilliant way of explaining stress. And I'm going to kind of use his reference point uh, today. Imagine that you are a zebra, or imagine a zebra on the plains of Africa. Okay? So you're a zebra in Africa. And suddenly you think that there's a lion. Right? You hear some rustling in the grass. Or, a, or what often happens is one zebra thinks they hear a rustling on the grass and tenses up. And because one zebra tenses up, all the other zebras tense up. Now your body, the zebra's body goes through a number of things when it thinks there's a lion nearby. It moves into flight or fight sort of mode. First, the body of the zebra mobilizes energy. So suddenly the brain lets off chemicals like adrenaline to get the body ready in case we have to move. It increases blood flow and blood pressure in case we've got to run from a lion. Zebra does this instantaneously. The the brain does this automatically. At the same time, the, the zebra is also more keenly aware. So the zebra is suddenly focused, like ultimate focus right there. Any little noise... Any little smell, the zebra is suddenly aware of all of that. Zebra, the zebra also has really incredible memory very quickly. So a zebra automatically remembers where is the safest place near me to run if there's a zebra, if there's a lion in the area. Although the zebra does not have very good long-term memory at this point. The zebra, if it runs away from a lion, is not going to remember a pretty meadow where there's some good food where it could eat later. It's not going to remember that kind of stuff, but it is going to remember how to get away, how to run, uh, what kind of patterns to run in. The zebra's body also halts all long-term expensive building projects. So a zebra does not digest when it thinks there's a lion nearby. In fact, if you've ever seen animals, when they think they're in danger, they tend to clear out their lower tracks so that they're lighter and they don't have to worry about digesting. Digesting takes a lot of energy. So when a zebra is going to run, it doesn't want to use up the energy to digest. It just stops. Tissue repair is limited for the zebra. Sex drive is decreased. The zebra is not as worried about reproducing if it thinks there's a lion nearby, right? Immunity is inhibited. The zebra cannot heal as quickly if it's under stress or thinks there's a lion. Okay, because it takes a lot of energy for your body to recreate cells or heal cells. So it just doesn't do that anymore. Perception of pain is blunted. The zebra is going to run through whatever. If he runs through the thorns and it scratches him, he'll feel the pain later. Right now, he's got to get away from the lion. The problem is the zebra becomes less creative, less aware of extraneous issues. Very focused on the lion, but not very focused on anything else. 
that's going on. Also, zebras really are stressed in communities. You don't see this in zebras, but have you ever seen like prairie dogs or meerkats where one thinks there's danger? You know what I mean? And they pop up, and then all of a sudden five of them pop up, and they're all looking around to see if the one is correct, and they're all stressed. See, zebras get this stressor. They think there's a lion, and their body goes through this stress response. It changes the way it's working so that it can respond to this danger. This is exactly what your body does when you're under stress also, except it's not lions that bother you. It tends to be work, and it tends to be relatives, and it tends to be finances. But your, your brain doesn't know that, so your brain responds as if it's a lion. This is why you get an upset stomach if you're under a lot of stress. Your body stops working properly, doesn't want to waste the energy fully digesting. You have lots of energy at first because you've got all this adrenaline and your, your body uses the stores of energy, but, but eventually you can't sustain that energy because um, your body is not getting any more from the nutrients. You have increased blood pressure. You're less creative. You're less focused on your language. When people are stressed, they use a lot more four-letter words, don't they? Because seven-letter words are harder to think of, and the brain is not going to work like that to, to create those words. The four-letter words are easier. You have less sex drive. You're more susceptible to colds, flus, aches, pains. You have the ability to focus on the problem, whatever you're stressing about, but you can't focus on a lot of other things. You ever notice this? If you're really worried about something, you can't think about anything else. But it doesn't work when you have to focus, right? Well, I kind of stopped worrying about that. I got to focus on this. But your brain won't let you do that. It only wants you to focus on what's dangerous. It doesn't let you focus on other things. You're more jumpy. You ever been stressed or scared? And all of a sudden, everything you see looks like something that worries you. Every sound you hear startles you. It's because you have a heightened sense of awareness like that zebra on the plains. It's stressing to those around you. If you're around somebody else who is stressed, you automatically start to feel stressed. Because your mind says, well, if they're worried, then there might be a lion around here I ought to worry too. It's the same thing zebras do. You can only think about the thing that you're stressed about. For, lions, or for, for zebras, they really stress about lions, right? They've got a thing that's out to get them. And then what happens in their bodies when the thing is over, when there's no more stressor, there's another set of chemicals that goes through the body of the zebra that calms it down. Okay, let's, let's lower the blood pressure here. Let's get this adrenaline off. Let's start digesting again. And the, the same way the body gets hyper about whatever you're stressed about, the zebra knows just to let go. So the zebra can, a couple hours later, be out in the field eating, not worried about the lion anymore because that stressor is gone. Now, the, the problem for people is, multi, is multifaceted, right? First of all, we have a lot of external stressors. Not a lot of lions in our lives, but jobs, health concerns, pain, strained relationship, uncertainty about the future, someone harassing you or out to get you, the stress of another person. All these external things that definitely stress us, right? And we have internal issues. Undisciplined thoughts and worries. Playing out worst case scenarios in our heads. Suspicion that someone might be out to get us. An inability to say no. People pleasing. Perfectionism. So that we all of a sudden are always doing more than we should. And we're always stressed. And that's not really the world doing that to us. That's us doing that to us. And here's the other thing about people as compared to zebras. 
Zebras stress when there's really something to stress about. Sometimes we stress about what we expect might be something to stress about. So we end up stressing a lot more than zebras because we can stress about things that aren't even real. Now listen, stress is a good thing. If a lion comes into your life, okay, if there's a lion in your backyard, if there's a lion in this room suddenly, stress may just get you out of that. Your stress response is a good thing. When you go through a loss, when there are certain periods of pain and trouble, your stress response is good. It gets you going. The problem is, in the long run, stress can really harm you. Zebras don't get things like ulcers. Zebras don't really get high blood pressure. Zebras don't burn out. Zebras don't have trouble and need antidepressants. That's you and I. Because we're so stressed all the time. Or because we have these huge stressors in our life that that are really hard to combat. That's the issue. Too much stress or too much stress for too long a period of time. And your body can't handle that. And what happens in your body is your body doesn't learn how to get past that, right? So it used to be when you got stressed, your blood pressure would naturally go up and then would go back down. But eventually you can't do that anymore. It just stays up. Eventually you need to calm down and digest more, but your stomach is so used to and your intestines are so used to not working properly that you don't know how to do that anymore. Your body starts to, starts to have problems. This leads to bigger problems, right? One's called burnout. If stress is caring too much, stress is like a hypersensitivity, burnout is your body's way of saying, I can't do this anymore. So if you've ever been burned out, you just can't care anymore. I'm out of care. In fact, there was a, um, there was a, you could get a shirt or a bumper sticker that used to say, my give a damn's busted. Did you ever see this? My give a damn's busted. That is burnout. I just can't care anymore. I don't have it in me anymore to care. That's burnout. It can also cause you problems with the, when the chemicals of your brain get permanently out of balance. Something like anxiety, where you are, you're constantly anxious, constantly worried, or you're depressed. You're constantly down because your brain is just that way. I'm oversimplifying that. But I think these things are related. Stress really can do a lot of damage to you. Stress doesn't make you sick. But your stress response over a long period of time really can make you susceptible to being sick. Your blood pressure can't go down. Studies have shown that in children that are stressed, it actually stunts growth. This is why babies that go through difficult pregnancies are almost always smaller than babies that are born without those stresses. Because the body can't grow. That takes too much energy. And if the body is under stress, it's not going to do that. You're slow in healing. You're limited immunity. You can't fight, fight off sickness. You're more susceptible to getting sick. That's me right now. You can hear it in my throat. I got this little cold thing going on. I'm just wore out. My wife had surgery a couple weeks ago and uh, had... Uh, not complication with the surgery, but wasn't feeling good afterwards. And I've been trying to play dad a little too much. And I'm worn out. And I got a little cold. And it's driving me crazy, right? This is what happens when you get under stress. You can also get addicted to these brain chemicals. You know people that, you know these people that are adrenaline junkies, right? Like they've got to jump off buildings and go paragliding and all this crazy stuff. Well, there are plenty of people that are adrenaline junkies that they just do it at work, Right? These people that life isn't normal unless we're yelling at each other. Or I need a deadline. That's the only way I really get creative and get things done. No, that's not true. 
you're addicted to these chemicals in your brain. That's how this sometimes works. But there are other important implications for stress. Under stress, you can't be near as creative. Under stress, you can't be near as passionate or compassionate. It's harder to have significant relationships when you're under stress. Because your brain just won't let you do it. we got to survive. we got to survive. We can't invest our time in something that doesn't help us survive right now. I wonder how many times God has had things for us to do and we've been too stressed to hear him call or to even recognize that they need done. I wonder how many relationships God has put in our lives and we miss it because we don't want to invest. Biblically, this should not be the case. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6 says this. Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious, but let God's peace flow over you. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they are? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? See, the science is is more than that, right? You can actually cut down on your lifespan by worrying too much. We should not be this stressed, the Bible tells us. And yet, when you look at the studies, what you find is that people who are religious, and that can be defined a lot of different ways, have almost no difference in health, and in stress levels as people who are not religious. There's just some, some, some scientists will argue for a little bit of difference. Most scientists say there's not even enough difference for us to even be noting because there's just not a difference. Now certainly as Christians, I think part of it is we've just got to learn how to say no to certain things. No to certain relationships. Maybe you need a different job if you're that stressed about your job. Okay, sometimes you just need to get rid of the stressors. But that's not always true in life. Sometimes you've got to have the stressors. In fact, God often calls his people to do very stressful things. Right? Name a Bible character who God said, go do something that's easy and not stressful. It's always stressful. It's always hard. It's always challenging when God is leading. So we've got to learn how to deal with stress. We've got to learn how to handle it. So that when God calls us to do something, we're ready to do it and we're ready to handle it. I think Paul gives us a great formula for dealing with stress. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you will know it, uh, it's the the chapter about love. But, But Paul says this in verse 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, and love. I think when you really understand faith, hope, and love, they have amazing power to help you deal with stress. So first, faith. Faith is something I'm convinced most people don't understand 
the word faith when they use it. What people tend to think when they say faith is they tend to, they tend to mean belief. But faith is something different. Hebrews 11 defines it this way. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So the key words there I think are assurance and conviction. Faith is not something where I simply believe that something is. It's not a knower thing. It's an action thing. Let me try to bring this to life for you. I believe in this stool. I mean, it's there. I believe it. I understand it. I can see it. I can kind of study it. Like, I believe that it's there. I believe it'll hold me if I were to sit on it. But see, this is belief. Belief is knowing in my brain about something from a distance. But you see this. This is faith. Faith is when I take the thing I believe in and I actually lean on it. I actually physically use it. This is faith. Faith is when I put my weight on it. Now, I more than believe. I have faith. A lot of people, I'm convinced, a lot of Christians confuse these two. And they say they have faith in Jesus. What they really have is belief. They believe God is with them, like God's in the neighborhood, or God's in the room. But they're really not leaning on Him. They're really not finding their strength in Him. They're really not being guided by Him. He's just there. But faith is when we really lean in, right? When we have an assurance of things hoped for. We're sure about it. When you're sure about something, you take action on it. We have conviction of things not seen. I'm convinced a lot of Christians are stressed. Because ultimately they say they have faith in Jesus. But really they just believe in Him. And He's just along for the ride. He's not their strength. So when they go through stress, they're actually stressed by themselves. Jesus really isn't a part of the equation. He's not part of the strength. He's not part of the stress response. I don't pray and give it to Jesus. I may just pray and ask Him to help me deal with it. Don't ask Him to deal with it. I ask Him to help me deal with it. That's not faith. That's belief. And that doesn't lead to peace. Faith leads to peace. Hope. The author of Hebrews actually connects hope to faith when he says in that same verse, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Hope and faith are related. I believe hope is faith in the long haul. Hope is my decision to lean on God, to trust God for the long distance. That I may not feel like things are good right now, and I may not feel like things are right right now, and I'm feeling all these stressors. And yet I'm going to rely on God anyway. That's hope. Hope is more than believing that the end is going to be all right. It's living that way. Paul says in Romans 8, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is revealed to us. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see... We wait for it in patience. Hope is believing that Jesus is with us and actively waiting for it. Hope is faith in the long term. Hope is faith for the long haul. I think this is a huge stress relief. To trust God with our futures. To trust God that right now doesn't feel okay and I don't feel alright and I don't feel safe. But God, I know you got me in the long haul. 
That's a faith that has a long-term perspective. Will I have enough money? Will my relationship will get better? Will I keep my job? Will I have enough money for retirement? Will I have good health if I live to be 100? Hope says, whatever those future questions are, they're in God's hands. And hope allows me to say, you know what, I'm going to just lean on God today. Allows me to live in the moment and really give the future to God. I can release it. I don't have to stress about all those things. Yeah, I work towards them. Yeah, I think about them. But ultimately, I hope that they are in God's hands. Faith, hope, and love. 1 Corinthians 13 is a chapter really about love. And Paul talks about love not as some uh, you know, mushy emotion or attraction or codependent self-seeking love. But he says love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. God gives us a different kind of love. See, so much of our love is actually rooted in our stress. I'm actually trying to love this person for my own needs to be filled, to, to somehow deal with my own stress. But, but God says, no, 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 that's not how love is. Love is patient and kind. It's not self-seeking. That's the kind of God, love that God gives to us when Jesus goes to the cross. That's the kind of love that we need to have and show to other people. And this has an amazing power. This has an amazing power to help us deal with stress, right? Because when I start loving on somebody else, it's really hard for me to stay self-centered. It's really hard for me to stay in my own stuff. Do you ever notice that? If you are really stressed, you don't want to care about other people. If you've got a friend that's really needy, you don't want to be around them. Because you're into your own stuff right then. Love helps us get past that. But listen to this. First John chapter 4. Jesus, uh, John says this. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, listen to this. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is perfected in us. You want to feel God's love when you're stressed? Love other people. It's like turning on a faucet. The, the love starts going out and the love keeps coming in. You've got to love other people. This is why I think Paul says the greatest of these is love. Because love has this amazing ability to help restore our faith and rebuild our hope. Love gets our focus off of ourselves, but it also develops faith in love and hope. As I love others and I understand that I am loved, it strengthens my faith in God. I can rely more on Him because I know I am loved by Him. And I know I am loved by Him or in the future I can have hope. Furthermore, love is how we pass on faith and hope to others. If I love somebody else when they're stressed, I don't just give them love. I give them the opportunity to feel faith and hope where they maybe don't feel that at all. Life is full of stressors. There's more to worry about than your body can handle. So, give them to God. As a Christian, have the kind of stress response where instead of stressing about life, you stress faith, hope, and love. And I think it'll make a big difference for you. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you.
that you love us, that you care for us, that you take care of us in our stress. Sometimes you even call us to go through stressful things and stressful times. Help us to rely on you, to have faith on you. Give us hope, give us love, and help us be a light for others in dark places as well. Lord, just as we feel the the stress of other people, May we extend to each other faith, hope, and love as we are together. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.